Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in on this week's Led by the Word. I don't even know how many of these we've done since the beginning, but I do know we're in 2 Kings chapter 20. And this is a story I've heard Dad minister on a bunch. I've heard my mom talk about this a lot in Sunday school, uh, the story of Hezekiah. Now, we last week talked about how Hezekiah comes in, and he's one of the best kings of Judah. He goes through. Now, keep in mind what I'm going to say. Uh, This is something we'll come back to later in the words of Mickey Mouse. He goes and he tears down all the high places. So he goes to all these acts of idol worship, and he says, y'all got to go. We're worshiping the one true God. And Hezekiah is known as a good king. Now, we'll come down to the end of chapter 20. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to deep dive all that today, but Hezekiah does mess up again. But here at the beginning, chapter 20, verse 1, also his prophet is Isaiah. So remember that Hezekiah gets sick. And I mean, this dude is life and death sick. So he's coming to the close here of his life. Let's just read verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, come to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, or thou shalt die and not live. So what, what's coming up here is Hezekiah is like, okay, this is it. I've been told this is, this is the end. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing but heaven for me now. Now, there may be times in your life where you feel, okay, this is it. This is the end. There ain't no way for me to go. And, and we got different ways of processing this and different ways of handling this. Hezekiah has a very specific way that, I don't know, it's really, really touched me today. Verse 2, then he turned his face to the wall. And prayed unto the Lord. Now, you got his prayer, and I want you to study his prayer. Honestly, every time I read a Hezekiah prayer, I'm like, hmm, this guy knows how to pray. (laughs) This dude, he's, I don't know, I would really, I would appreciate Hezekiah praying for me. This guy, he's a good praying man. He turns his face to the wall. And if you think of that, I was like, what does that mean? You can look up commentary. You can see people's opinion. What I think is going on here is he's got his back to the world. All the stuff pulling at him. All the stuff tugging at him. All the leadership walking in and out of the door. King, we need this. King, we need that. Just for the house. Hey, for the uh, not just the kingdom. Not just the family. Not just your kids. Hey, we need you know this decision made. We need uh, this party thrown. We need this. We need this. We need this. No, if you come near Hezekiah, his back is to you. I know his back is to 100% of people because his face is in a wall. Hezekiah says, I am not going to be bothered. My back is to everything. My face is to God. I am putting all my focus, all my attention in this. I want you to start praying like that. I want me to start praying like that. Sometimes I think we pray and it's just like, you know, here's a convenient time. I'm going to take a moment and pray. And that's good. We should pray when we get our opportunities. Sometimes we're in an urgent situation. Sometimes we're in a real problem. And we need to treat that as such. And we need to pray with with full intent. And I think that's what Hezekiah is doing here. Hezekiah, he's full focused, full 100% into this prayer saying, my life is on the line. I've got to pray. So you can read his prayer verse, the end of verse two through, I don't even remember. It's a few verses in here. And um, God hears his prayer. Tell yourself, say, God, hears my prayer. You know, it's such an encouraging thing to know I ain't just wasting my time praying. I'm not just praying to a wall. I ain't just praying to the air. There is a real God that listens to me. So Isaiah comes back and says, oh, my goodness, guess what? God heard your prayer, and God's going to answer your prayer. He's going to give you more time. So Hezekiah tells him. Now, this is where I wonder, like, he's sick unto death, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a sickness. I don't know what the sickness is. Is it a visual sickness? 
Like, has he got covered in something or is it a sickness in his body? Whatever it is, we know it's going to kill him. We have no doubt in that. But he asked for a second layer of assurance with Isaiah. And he Isaiah tells him God's going to give you 15 more years. So Hezekiah tells him, I would like something to know that God heard me. Not just you telling me. I'd like something to know that he's going to do this. So Isaiah says, okay, we'll figure out a sign. What kind of sign do you want? And I love how good God is. He will literally give us a sign that he's moving. So he said, um, go to your sundial. And he will turn the sundial forward or back 10 degrees. And Hezekiah says, well, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to make time go forward. That's natural. So he says, can he make it turn back? And Isaiah says, okay, sundial's going to turn back 10 degrees. So he goes up there. And I love how the time's moving back on that sundial while, Isaiah, while Hezekiah is getting more time in his life. And you can just see the power of God moving, not in just Hezekiah's body. This is the second time we know back in Judges, uh, God makes uh, time stand still. Or I mean in Joshua. And then we see it now. God doesn't just make time stand still. God makes time go back. And we've got missing account of time right now just as a sign for Mr. King Hezekiah. So if you're praying, I want you to pray with such intent to where nothing around you can hinder your prayer. I want you to pray with such intent. And I'm not just saying lock a door. I'm saying mentally and spiritually. Because you'll be praying about something and you watch this. The enemy will send such distractions or people the days to come to tell you that prayer ain't going to come true. He'll, he'll send doubt in your mind. He'll send spirit of doubt or spirit of fear saying, I don't know about this. You're in a real situation. you got to just turn your back to that stuff. you got to reject those fears. you got to reject those thoughts. you got to pray and say, Jesus, I need full 100% belief in you. And I pray, God, right now, not only that you can do this thing, but I pray that you stir up my belief in you. You know, oh, ye of little faith, God, give me greater faith to where I can have more belief in what you can do for me and what you can do for your kingdom. So Hezekiah, we go through this at the end. He has a, um, another issue and the, and the man passes away. And then his son comes in, Manasseh. Hezekiah, great guy. Hezekiah, wonderful guy. Manasseh, <laughs> Manasseh's awful. Manasseh comes in and Manasseh's a problem. Manasseh's awful. And, and I want to show you something here. Manasseh is what would look like blessed with 55 years of rule. Manasseh is what looks like God's given 55 years of rule. Sometimes we look at people in a situation and we're like, why is God blessing that? Why is God moving on that? Why is God allowing some of this stuff? Hezekiah was so close to God, the blessings on Hezekiah run down from him to Manasseh. Manasseh is some of his first things. Let's get into this. I wasn't going to go through each and every one of these, but my goodness, it's so sad. We're going to read verses chapter 21 in 2 Kings. We're going to start in verse 3, and we're going to read a little bit. This is what Manasseh does. For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he reared up altars for Baal, and made of groves as did Ahab king of Israel, and worship all the hosts of heaven, and serve them. This is just verse 1. There's seven more verses of this, or six more verses of this. You remember Ahab. Ahab was literally one of the worst kings, the worst king. And Hezekiah comes in and destroys everything Ahab does. Manasseh comes in and rebuilds all these altars to Baal. Uh, we're in verse 4. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, which the Lord said in Jerusalem, will I put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in two courts of the house of the Lord. And he made his son pass through the fire and observe times 
and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Manasseh to the point now to where he's doing so much nasty, wicked stuff, even in the church, even with his own kids, his own sons, to where it's provoking God to feel an anger. And I hate, I hate the thought of doing something so bad of provoking our Father, our Heavenly Father to anger. We're in verse 7. And he said, A graven image of the grove, and he made... And he had made in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon, his son, in his house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, would I put my name forever. Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I give to thy fathers, only if they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded to them and according to all the law which my servant Moses had commanded them. But he hearkened not, and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. So all these enemy nations that God went through and destroyed because they were doing evil things, now the king of this place is seducing the people to do far more evil than uh, the enemy kings. And the word seduce, I really want you to focus on that word there. They had to be tricked into it. They had to be seduced into it because they were living in such blessings with Hezekiah before that they were like, we don't do this stuff, Manasseh. We don't do this stuff. And even though he was king 55 years, I don't think this stuff happened instantaneously. I think it took Manasseh a little bit of time to get these people to act in such a way. So Manasseh's doing all this wicked stuff. He's doing all this problem stuff, and he's literally angered God. So God comes in with punishment. God comes in with anger, and God has to cast judgment. So we're going to read a little bit of this. We're going to go to verse 10. And the Lord spake by his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, hath done these abominations, and have done wickedly above all that the Amorites did. <laughs> Not only did he do bad, he's done worse than the Amorites, uh, which were before him. And he hath made Judah also to sin with his idols. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whosoever heareth of it, both his ears will tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wiping a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. And I will forsake the rem remnant of mine inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become a prey and spoil to all their enemies. Because they had, we're in verse 15, because they have done that which was evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day the fathers came forth out of Egypt, even unto this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other. Innocent blood from one end to the other. Beside his sin, wherewith he hath made Judah to sin, in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He said, Manasseh, oh, are you sinning? You're tricking my people, seducing my people into sinning. You're seducing your people into sinning. So God uh, puts this a big judgment on these people. And he is he's sick of it. And he's hurt by it. So he looks at this and he looks he looks at Manasseh and he knows the blessings that Hezekiah have given him and he said something has to be done uh, against this remnant. But what what you see over and over is there's still a blessing somehow on Manasseh. There's still a blessing somehow on Manasseh because this dude could have been wiped out. This dude could have been killed at reign 20, 26, 28, uh, 29. 30, and now we're into 40, and now we're into 50, and he reigns 55 years before taken away. I'm, I'm skipping down because I'm, uh, 
I want you all to read chapters 20 and 21. Incredible. But I'm going to go down to here we go. Chronicles. So it talks a little bit about this. And in here it says, you know, how this is covered in the books of Chronicles. You flip over to Chronicles. Manasseh is taken by the other king. He's thrown in imprisonment. And he thinks, oh my goodness, my father's God was real. And he has this awakening moment. And in this prison, in this moment of pain, in this moment of conflict of seeing all the pain he's caused the people, all the backsliding he's done, all the trickery he's done, all the lies he's done, all the mistakes he's done being raised in church, all the problems he's done being raised by his father, all the issues he's done raised in a blessed nation. Then he thinks, I went against my dad. I went against worse than my God, 100%. So he cries out to God. And he says, God, I need you. You know what? Let's just go over to this. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 33. It's too good to pass up. I know this is a youth podcast, but if you're praying for someone who grew up in church and they've backslid and they've went against God to the points you're like, I just don't know. Never feel that way about anybody. If there is life in their body, pray for them. Seek God on their behalf. People mess up. People fall away. People make stupid decisions. Manasseh is a poster child of this. But we're going to read 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 12. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before God of his fathers and prayed unto him and was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew the Lord he was God. Now after this, he built a wall without the, without the city of David on the west side of Gion in the valley, even to the entering of the fish gate and compassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. And he took away the strange gods and the idol of the house of the Lord and all the altars he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city. I'm going to pause here. Everything I read you from verses 3 to 9, he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. He goes in as a prisoner of war, being tortured, being abused, and he's praying to God. I feel God right now, and he's saying, God, you know, I've messed up. I've done this. I've done this. I don't know how God did it, but God somehow rescues him out of this prison. God places him back as king. And then in 2 Chronicles 33, 12 is when his prayer begins. But 14 is him as king destroying everything he put back in place. God is literally fighting for you. God is literally on your behalf trying to stop the mistakes you're wanting to make. And then sometimes we see people push against God and push against God and push against God. And that can discourage our flesh to say, I just don't know. I look at the problems and I say, God, I just don't know what you're able to do. I don't know what you can do. You just keep praying. You pick up that prayer on their behalf and you just keep saying, God, you can fix this. God, you are able to fix this. God, you are above and beyond able to move in this situation. And then we see the blessings of Hezekiah pour down to the end of Manasseh's reign to where he comes back and does all this great. So I want to encourage you, chapter 20 and 21 of 2 Kings uh, is a story of, one, what happens when we pray with intent. Uh, and then chapter 21 is a story of how far we can fall, but under God's blessings, how redemptive God can be for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching this now, they are about to post their second podcast of the Seekers. 
unbelievable. You got to tune into that. It'll be on the same channel, Oasis Law, and you can also watch it on YouTube. They'll have the link in the description. Uh, Chloe will for however they do that. But thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, please take a moment and like this and share this. Pray for somebody. If there's someone in your life, you're like, man, they've fallen far. Pick that prayer back up. Fast, fast for yourself saying, God, show me what I can change. Show me what I can do in me to better Rachel. Show me what I can do. And then if sometimes you got you got to be very discerning in this. Sometimes it's their choice. And in their moments of failure, some, some people got to go through a Manasseh punishment to see, wake up and say, I need God. And that's a sad thing to say. That's a sad thing to know, but, but it's a true thing. But what we know is that God is not fighting for just our life here on earth. I know he fights for our life here on earth, but God's fighting for people's eternities. So he's fighting a bigger battle than we even see. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, take a moment like this and share this. Also, Bible course. It is exploding. Uh, it's been unbelievable. Dad just dropped off a huge bag of mail a moment ago. The mail's just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Thankful for all the people that have tuned in. We did a survey. If you're taking the Bible course um, and would like to fill out that survey, we're using it to tell others what people think of it. So it's like uh, we got Mitchell here on camera. Mitchell's able to use this as a testimony to tell others, you need the Bible course because it's done this, this, and this for me. I think my favorite one, um, mm, I can't remember the lady's name, but she said, you know, I've known the Bible since I was a child. She said, I'm up in my senior age now. And she said, what is amazing to me is so many promises in my life that I forgot about. And she said, now I'm at this age in my life, at this point in my life, and I'm picking up all these promises again. And I'm praying, I'm like, God, I got this. I know I do because it is written for me in this word. Yeah, it was encouraging. I told mom, I said, mom, you got to hear this. You know, this lady, she stirred up, grew up in church. Uh, it's her whole life, everything. And now she's picking up promises that feel so fresh to her. So thank you again. Tuning in. Take a moment, like, and share. God bless you.